0: Welcome to the Multi-orgasmic Mama podcast where sexy motherhood taboos are broken. I'm Tilly Storm, holistic sex and jade coach and tantric sex teacher, all-around pleasure and prosperity advocate and mama of two. If you are looking to get the spark back in your sex life and relationship, if you'd like to revive desire and feel sexy again without hormones, years of therapy or trying things that don't feel authentic in the bedroom, then download my free Ignite Your Desire e-guide at www tillystormcom forward slash e This episode is brought to you by the Sensually Embodied Woman Collective. If you're ready to remove all your blocks to pleasure, turn on and feeling confident and sexy in your body through my paid programs and offerings, then head to www.tillystorm.com today. hot mamas, it's Tilly here and I have a special guest for you today, Miss Erica Alsforn. Erica, how are you doing? I'm good. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, we're super excited to have you on here and to discuss all about motherhood and birth and orgasmic parenting and motherhood, which you know, for a lot of people listening in and looking at the title of this are probably like, oh my God, it's furthest from the truth for me. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Well, tell us a little bit about you, what you do, uh, what's been going on for you in this last year throughout the pandemic, um, that kind of made you reach out and be like, I want to be on your podcast Tilly," because I've got something to share. What's been that thing that's been going on for you?
1: Yeah, so a little bit about me. Um, I am Swedish, so you might hear a little bit of an announcement coming through every now and then. uh, I've also been a world traveler, and after doing that for many years, I kind of settled down in my hometown, which I said I would never do, (laughs) but I did um and decided to embark on a journey of becoming a nurse so i did that and worked as a registered nurse for a few years and then realized that no that's not my thing and then i found this red thread throughout my life and even during my nursing degree it always came back to the confusion question interest passion around sexuality and so then I was like, I'm at a career crossroads. What should I do? And I um, was looking through a, a university like catalog and just happened to find a page where it said uh, master's degree of sexology. And I was like, oh, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> this is probably what I meant to do. And leading up to that point, I had also the year prior to that moment, started really exploring and experimenting with my own sexuality, uh, because I was deeply dissatisfied and feeling like I was very confused in my sexuality and in my identity as a woman. So my career choice really came from my own sort of me search and my own healing and my own desire to learn and grow and move from pre-orgasmic and dissatisfied to orgasmic and satisfied sexually. Um, So that, yeah, transformed into, well, it's been almost a decade now of exploring, experimenting, studying academically and holistically, alternatively, many different angles and approaches to sexuality, to what it is to be a sexual human being, what it means to have orgasms, how to have all of them. And that kind of, you know, impact all areas of my life. So when I then uh, became pregnant, I was confronted yet again with, okay, so what does it mean to be pregnant and sexual? What does it mean to become a mother and give birth and remain sexual uh, and remain orgasmic and continue this journey of evolution through my life as a sexual being? And that led me even deeper into that. The, the study right because I'm always like using myself as my study guinea pig and so yeah in short I'm a sex and birth coach and I work with women from all over the world helping them reconnect with reclaim and activate their sensual power and sexual confidence and orgasmic capacity and that includes pregnancy birth
0: and motherhood Yay, amazing. I love it. <laughs> and Erica is the pleasure queen. I think of anybody I know besides myself that's like all about all the orgasms and all the types of orgasms, it's you, Miss Erica. So,
1: yay, <laughs> that makes me so happy to hear. And yes, I had an orgasmic birth. Yes, it's possible if I could stop in you. And, um, <laughs> Yeah. So that has really, and it was really interesting and fascinating how I could use myself as that guinea pig and see, you know, what does it actually mean to, to be pregnant when you're that orgasmic and that connected to your sexuality? What does it mean to give birth when you can use all these sexual tools and apply directly onto the birth experience and beyond then how that impacted me when I transitioned into becoming mother, motherhood to my
0: identity as a woman. Yeah. Oh, amazing. Well, tell me about motherhood. What is, well, maybe you want to share a little bit about your birth. Everybody's heard my birth story on this podcast before. I had a free birth for my first one. The second one was premature. I had him in a hospital, but totally unassisted or like, like nobody touched me. Everybody left me alone kind of thing. And it was so different experiences, but both very liberating and you know, sent me on a a portal of awakening, right? <laughs> That's what activated my interest in sexuality was my birth experiences. And yours is kind of the opposite. Like you had all that interest in sexuality and then you had this birth experience and now you're in in like serious motherhood area, right? So tell me about that.
1: Yeah. So um I I used Um, Now let's say this. I felt intuitively when I got pregnant, that the key to having a positive birth experience would be to really double down on my sexual tools and apply them in the birth experience. Because through reading and through meditating and through really thinking about it, I, I realized that sex makes babies. And so naturally sex should be part of like the whole equation of getting the baby out as well. And really, if you have a vaginal birth, you are literally birthing the baby out of your pussy, out of your vaginal canal, which is your pleasure epicenter. And so why wouldn't sexuality be an integral part of the birthing experience? And I was watching hundreds of birthing videos. And if I closed my eyes, I couldn't really tell if the woman was having an orgasm or if she was giving birth because the primal sounding and the, well, it of course depends on the birth, but like births that were kind of like uninterrupted and and had the woman's desire and freedom in the sort of experience um, and how, you know, when a woman gives birth in an empowered way, it really did not sound or look any different than really elevated epic sexual experiences. So that to me was uh, an eye opener because I'd never really thought about it as a sexual experience because that's not what our cultural narrative you know, tells us we are taught through images, through stories, and through media and pop culture that it's an emergency. It's it's a medical disaster waiting to happen. It's something that we should fear. We should, at all costs and with all medical interventions, try to control it and intervene, you know, and remove all possible tiniest traces of pain and all of that. And I was like, you know what that doesn't ring true to me. It doesn't sound real to me. Nature did not fuck up. Like I could not just get on the page with our bodies moving through millennia of evolution and fucking up the most important part of it all, which is reproduction. Like we would not be 7 billion people on this planet if we could not give birth. And yeah, of course the last couple of centuries have really like spiked the the population of the earth, much thanks to, um, you know, medical intervention. That doesn't really focus on uh, giving birth. It's more around keeping people alive That's you know, contributed to the massive uh, population increase. So I did lots of research and read a lot of alternative texts and work from midwives and and I said to myself, you know what? I am I'm going to do do this my way, and I will through that experience find out what is true for me. So, yeah, like I said, I used all of the holistic sexuality tools to prepare uh, and uh, and feel really excited about birth. I years um rewrote my my narrative around birth, and then got really intimate and like got down and dirty with my sexual parts and pieces to prepare for birth. And so I planned for a, a midwife assisted home birth and had one um, that was really successful and, and really empowering. And so during my labor, I was breathing, meditating, touching myself, uh, moving, swaying, sounding, and uh, through that, through using those tools and being really positive about the experience from a mindset of view from you know really interpreting my sensations not as pain or scary or overwhelming but as you know i'm curious about them what can i how can i interpret this as something that can take me deeper could i even potentially experience this as pleasure or power and um and that led me deeper and deeper and deeper into the birthing experience and at certain moments of my birth it felt like I was having full body orgasmic sensations, incredible amounts of energy moving through my system. And I was sounding and screaming and shouting like I do when I'm in my most elevated pleasure states when Making primal, primal love, like primal, having primal sex and like really orgasmic um, sex and pleasure with myself or with my partner. So it was a... It was a radically powerful and sexual experience but not erotic in that way but still so intimate so vulnerable so open and um and I used touch sensuality and like a sexual approach to um to have that kind of positive and liberating experience mm. Yeah.
0: And are you doing birth doula work? Not doula,
1: right but I do birth coaching. So I work with women uh, to prepare them for birth using holistic sexuality tools, uh, a lot of self-pleasuring and masturbation, a lot of like really intimate yet like practical physical sexual work to prepare for birth. And um and through that, not only do they feel really excited to give birth, But I've seen with my clients that they also see the experience, the transition from being not mothers to being mothers and still be remaining sexual as a much smoother transition. So they feel, you know, quite soon after giving birth, like I want to have sex and I crave sex and I feel excited about, you know, having sex and being sensual and sexual with myself and my partner. And, and I can I see that being directly related to the sexual preparation and coding, interpreting, and defining giving birth as a sexual extension of your life, like an extension of your sexuality. And thus, the bridge to being sexual as a mother isn't so hard or it's not so far or deep or challenging. It feels like a natural step because the whole journey towards that point has been one that has embraced sexuality not slowly subtly or unconsciously like severed it
0: Mm, yeah wow that's that's so interesting (laughs) because I had the total opposite experience like I wasn't sexual at all before I had babies or wait I mean obviously I was sexual (laughs) but I wasn't like sexually liberated until I had them and then it was just like Boom. Like, I remember I had sex like eight days after giving birth to a nine pound, three ounce kid on the living room floor. And I was horny as fuck. Like, I don't know what happened in that birth experience, but it was just like, wow, there's my primal power. There's my sexuality. I'm ready to claim it now, but I don't see that happening very often. So (laughs) I love how you're working with women before they have that experience to help open them up to their sexuality because I kind of get them years later. Like most of my clients, they've had kids for a while already and they've gotten so out of touch with their sexuality that it's just like, they don't even know who they are anymore around their sexuality. And I just love that you're working with women before to help make that transition easier. Yeah, so and beautiful. I have to
1: say, even though I was like pretty sexually advanced or like I had a great embodiment of my sexuality going into pregnancy, giving birth. Even I felt that the act, the physical act of giving birth, and I had a vaginal birth of having this massive thing moving through my vaginal canal, like bigger than any dildo or penis that had ever been in there, (laughs) activated parts of my vaginal canal in ways I had never experienced. So I have greater, bigger, more intense more liberated g-spot orgasms for example i ejaculate much more now than i did before and i was ejaculating before i had birth, gave birth and so even for me it was an activation of my sexuality and activation of my pussy and my vagina so it just it directly contradicts the narrative that we have that birth and vaginal birth shuts you down and like destroys your pussy and you know it makes you loose and you know takes away all the pleasure and you're never gonna your pussy's never, never ever gonna feel the same again and blah, blah blah and it's true your pussy will never feel again the same way but it can feel better <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so take that <laughs> I totally second that yeah. for sure <laughs> I too felt two days after giving birth I wanted to just jump on my man and sex and he was not ready he's like no this is too soon I am like going through this massive shift and I'm feeling really vulnerable and I'm just landing in the fact that I've become a father and that there's a baby in the house and like, and it wasn't that he couldn't sexually objectify me or like see me as an erotic being. It wasn't that, but it was just, he was still landing after such a huge experience. And, and then, and obviously I wasn't really ready to have uh, vaginal sex, but I was like, well, I didn't give birth in assholes asshole, so maybe we could your anal sex and she was like no 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 no! it's too soon for everything let's wait and um and I think a week or two later I was having amazing feeling really good about it and it was tender and it was new and it there was a moment and like process of really you know finding comfort and and healing also because of course it's a big physical you know process that you go through but the, that core feeling of I want sex, sex is good for me, I want sex, I crave sex, I feel sexual, I feel sexually like invigorated, even though I gave birth a week, two days, two weeks ago, that felt intact and just as alive and pulsating within me as ever, if not even more.
0: Fuck yeah. <laughs> yes. I love it. Okay, well, tell me about your motherhood journey. Ever since you had your baby, what, a year and a half
1: now? Yeah. So again, it started, you know, before I gave birth. So while I was sort of like inquiring within myself, my belief systems and the cult- cultural conditioning and societal narratives around what pregnancy meant and what giving birth meant, I also looked at what does the motherhood identity Mean to me. What stories do I have around it? What are my fears? What are my excitements around it? And I did a whole like fear inventory. I did a limiting beliefs inventory and uh, worked on shifting negative beliefs into positive beliefs around motherhood and spe- specifically what it meant to become a mother and still remain sexual and and looking at where was there a discrepancy between mother motherhood and and sexuality and like. Personal freedom and autonomy and all of that. Um, and so there I encountered lots of interesting things that I wasn't really aware of that I was carrying inside. Um, so I started so I feel my my journey towards becoming a mother started there. Um, but then it's been, yeah, it's been intense these two years. I've moved through really big things, um, postpartum depression symptoms and postnatal depletion um intense feelings of you know not being good enough and not being able to really hold the burden of what it means and the 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 long lastingness of it like the never-endingness of it sometimes feels so intense and you're constant I constantly feel actually that you're always one step behind because once you've sort of like um Once you've sort of understood what your child is all about and what they need and how to support them and, um, and how to meet them where they are, they're already like in their next evolutionary phase. And so it feels like you're constantly up with the psychological and physical evolution of your child. And that's an intense thing to experience because you're constantly a beginner and, um, and that's very new to adults. right? So there's that, um, but i think what's helped me really stay sane through through this really intense and vulnerable experience and you know life altering experience that it is to have a child and to become a parent and a mother has been my my sexual pleasure and my sexual satisfaction that has been like the one constant current thing that i've always been able to come back to as i still have my pleasure inside my body And the more challenging motherhood and parenting became, the more I sort of doubled down on my intimacy with myself and with my partner so that we always felt like no matter what happens pandemic, you know, parenting, intensity, uh, postpartum depression, things like that we could always find comfort and a kind of medicine in our pleasure and our. Intimacy. And we also know that a lot of parents, you know, new parents, couples face their biggest challenges in remaining intimate and sexual with each other. And so if you lose that, everything else kind of falls apart because that is such a core experience of what makes you relate to each other as lovers and as partners. And if you go six months, a year, two years, and more without that sexual connection, well, we know what happens. Divorce rates, you know, they they peak during the first two years of parenting, for example. So, for us, facing all the challenges of life and parenting and pandemic and all of all of it, um, the medicine for us was to to fuck a
0: lot. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the medicine was to fuck and a think lot. That, I love
1: You it. know, and that's like, oh, well, that's easy for you to say. Or whatever, like, don't put me on a pedestal. Um, but how we made that happen was to, to choose it. We chose that the priority in our relationship, in our lives, was to remain sexual with each other. So even when my body was changing, or I was overweight, or Um, the house was looking like a mess or, you know, we hadn't been outside for a week or hadn't seen friends and family during the pandemic for months. Like we chose over and over and over again to be sexual, to set aside time to be sexual with each other. And I set aside time to be sexual and, you know, with myself and prioritize thinking sexy thoughts and looking at my body as it was going through all these major shifts and changes as a sexual vessel and to to stay, to stay sexual. And I think it's so important to remember that it is a choice. It is a priority that we all have to make. And then whatever obstacles we face in order to move from that choice into inspired action depends on person to person. Well, it depends on the 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 personal like the obstacles that one face, you know, depending on you know who you are and what your history is and you know the couple, the situation, everything. Um, but in the at the very core, it's a choice. And many people choose to let go of their sexuality, but because they think they have to choose between being a mother or being sexual. And in my reality, I said, no, sexuality equals, you know, motherhood equals still being a sexual woman.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, there it is, right there. <laughs> you just nailed it because I hear so much like, "Well, how in the world do you like be sexual when you're so tired and you know when you don't have any time?" And those are just all a bunch of excuses. <laughs> like, like you're gonna prioritize what's important to you, just like Erica's saying, like it was a priority in her and her man's relationship that they remain sexual. And so they made it happen by choosing it, even when she probably didn't feel like it. So tell me a little bit about that, because I know people are just like, what, (laughs) how do you just choose to be sexual? When it's the last thing you want to think about kind of thing.
1: Well, first of all, you have to start thinking about it. So that's where all sexuality begins, happens and takes place in the brain. So your brain is really your erogenous part of your body and sex happens in the brain. Then it's stimulated and accessed through the body and specifically through the genitals. But if your brain's not in the game, you're going to lose every time. So it's kind of like if you think of something that you really love eating, so do it right now. Think of, for me, it's usually croissants. So I love croissants. Um, so if, if I'm thinking, you know, ooh, there's a really fresh, juicy, buttery, soft croissant sitting out in the kitchen and I'm going to go and eat it in 25 minutes when my conversation with Tilly is over, I can feel my mouth watering already. Like I can, the salivation, I feel a tingle on my tongue. I can anticipate the pleasure of eating that croissant. You have to anticipate the pleasure of having sex. So if you're thinking, oh, I need to have sex. I want to have sex on Friday night. You want to start thinking about it on Monday morning, Tuesday afternoon. Wednesday you have to get your brain in the game and then the step from not feeling like it to doing it is going to be so much smoother and easier and you know just like when you don't feel like going to the gym or you don't feel like taking that walk or you don't feel like whatever once you've done it you feel great afterwards so we have this we have this really um limiting idea and it it really blocks us a lot that sex is spontaneous but it's not it's far from spontaneous um it's a planned and anticipated act a place that you go to and so you have to really just start thinking about it and then when you start getting into it and you know foreplay or whatever whatever gets you turned on when you start doing that with yourself or with a partner you know that you just have to commit and trust that it will feel good and also that you're doing it for yourself that is so key because i think one thing that changed a lot when i became a mother and a parent was that i felt like i was giving like 90% of myself to other people to my child to my family unit. Um, I was breastfeeding for a long time. You are just constantly bombarded with another person's need, and that's the baby most of the time. But then you have this partner. And if it's a man, and we have this conditioning that men's sexuality, your husband's sexuality is more important than yours, then that can feel like another person just coming to, to take something from you, to get something from you. And you're like, get that. Fuck away from me. I can't fucking stand giving more of myself to someone else. And you have to catch those lies in your head and look at them for what they are. Lies, stories, social conditioning, religious beliefs, whatever, that sex is not for you. Underneath that, you believe somewhere inside of you that sex is not for your benefit, for your pleasure, for your well-being. But if you can see it for what it is, that it's for you, you're doing it for yourself then it's gonna be easier to to surrender into the experience and trust that you'll feel satiated, you'll feel fulfilled, and it will feel like you're doing it for yourself. And that is such a big, big piece of it.
0: Mm. What a mindset reframe right there. God, that's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> okay. Well tell me, do you schedule sex then? Cause I know a lot of women are wondering I don't <laughs> what does schedule she do?
1: it? Like off Friday night at 9 p.m. or whatever but my husband and I will say like all right tonight we're tonight we're doing it tonight we're having sex after our son has fallen asleep um we're gonna have sex and and then what can happen like if I'm really horny during the day because I'm you know not tired and um and we're You know, flirting a little bit, or we're like touching each other or giving each other nice looks and compliments. I can feel like, oh, I really feel like it now. And then come 8 p.m., 9 p.m., and I'm tired. I'm like, I don't feel like it. But I know that I said I would. And so I'll keep my word. And it takes me usually like five minutes or sometimes 10 minutes. And then I'm in the experience and I'm enjoying it. And those thoughts is like, oh, I can't be bothered. Or, you know, I could spend this time doing something else or why don't we just do it tomorrow? Let's just postpone it. We're tired. Those thoughts kind of dissipate and disappear. And I'm in the moment. So to a certain degree, yes, we schedule it and we agree that tonight or tomorrow night. And sometimes I work evenings. So my husband will say, we you know, when do you have an evening off? And then we'll decide together that we're we're going to be sexual And then that can, sometimes we can decide what flavors we'll have. And sometimes it will be, will be sexual and we'll, we'll connect intimately. And sometimes we authentically don't feel like it. And we're like really too tired. And then we'll say, actually, you know, I don't feel like it because that's also what happens when you start seeing sexuality and sex as something for you and you know, When your mind is just playing tricks on you and trying to, you know, avoid it because it's comfortable to avoid something when you have to be connected, vulnerable, intimate, and show up for someone else and show up for yourself. You can also discern when it's authentically a no, I'm not really feeling like it. And so you should never do something that authentically feels like a no.
0: Yeah, totally cool okay well tell me one other thing about the realness of becoming a mom (laughs) what's been real for you these days my dear um so
1: what's real I think is just I, I don't think I ever could have imagined how much so two things I don't think I ever could have imagined how much of a physical experience it is like I feel like I have a monkey clinging to me physically and energetically when I'm not even in the same room, like 24 seven. Like I said, I breastfed for a long time. Well, for me, that was 18 months. I know people breastfeed longer than that. So, you know, but some only breastfeed a couple of months or six months. So for me, 18 months felt like it it was a stretch for me. Um, And my child would have happily kept on going. Um and he still, you know, grabs my boobs and like wants to, you know, cuddle with my nipples and stuff. And it's like it's so real of <laughs> how challenging that is. <laughs> yeah. The lack and the loss of body integrity has been really intense. And what do you mean by that body integrity? Well, that my body is just for me. Like mm. when, when I was breastfeeding and, you know, the real biological need for closeness and skin to skin contact and like sleeping. And, you know, I was co-sleeping with my child for a long time because he just would not sleep any other way. And he, um, he's a very physical needy, but needy sounds negative, but he's a very, he needs a lot of closeness, um, and I think every, every child does. Um, but some just accept uh, some some children. I think accept being rejected um, more than other kids. My kid dis- did not accept it, so I just had to. I just had to give up my like body integrity completely to this little being because I had chosen that he. What was brought to life, (laughs) and I think that, yeah, like that is also such a such a mindfuck that you know you choose to give life to another human being, and then you're sitting there with this massive responsibility. And I think that is the other thing that I just could not really, and I don't think anyone can comprehend how real and big and massive that feels that you are so responsible for someone else's direct survival and on all the needs being met and and doing that in complete lack of like tribe, village, community. You're so on your own in this little nuclear family. Jesus, I don't even know how single mothers do it, you know, for women who... Choose to have babies, children without a committed partner, for example. Like it's so intense, um, and through that also, like when you have a child, all your own childhood wounds start popping up and getting triggered all over the place, and your attachment issues and wounds. And for me, being more of an like. Um, avoidant slash island attacher and like being really the adventurer and I'll just go on my own and I want to you know I've traveled on my own and really looking at my personal space as holy and so needy like I'm so much a person that needs personal space and the need to be on my own having the anchor and marriage and a household and like all of these massive responsibilities all of a sudden like just right there and there's no escaping it that to me was super and it's still sometimes super challenging and has really um accelerated a lot of my inner healing by identifying a lot of wounds and issues <laughs> within me
0: <laughs> i get it <laughs> yeah i i mean i had mine so young i feel like i didn't even have a chance to figure out who I was before I had my own kids. Well, I didn't, I had no fucking idea. I kind of grew up with my kids, uh, but yeah, I would imagine that like always, I always say I'm 36 now and I'm always like wondering how do people choose to have kids at this age? <laughs> I mean, I don't know who would like, consciously choose that at 36 ish years old. Like, I I mean, I, I don't think in a million years I would have ever chosen that had I like at this age, had I not just had mine so early on. So <laughs> I, I definitely applaud you mamas out there who have like made the conscious decision to have kids um, at, you know, in your thirties because yeah, you did have that experience of freedom, right? Yeah. It feels like a loss. Yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. And for me and my husband, we talked about having children about a year or two before starting to sign and conceive. So for us, it was really like a conscious decision. What does it mean to have children? What? Why do we want to have children? We're happy with our lives. Do, I really, do we really want to ruin our lives? Um, <laughs> we literally said that. And what will this mean for our relationship, for our future, for our you know personal finances? do we really want to give up the awesomeness of our lives and like put children at the very center of our human experience in our relationship? And I think to a certain degree it's it, it's a not conscious choice. I think it's evolution and it's your ovaries and you know it's your hormones and because, last year when I was like deep in some really intense shit and I was like the last thing I want is to get pregnant and have another child and we would be having sex and I'm not on any or control. and I'd be like come inside me like I want your semen and I was afterwards I was like good thing you didn't listen to me because I did not mean that that was my ovaries or that was my womb speaking it was not my higher conscious like thinking and you know rational intelligent self saying that, that was purely purely biological and I don't listen to my ovaries they are
0: <laughs> don't believe them It cut out for a second. You said, don't believe my ovaries. They're what? Don't believe my ovaries because
1: they want to have babies. We do not want to have babies right now.
0: So I think part of it is
1: just evolution and your biology and your, that, that reproduction nerve. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And it totally kicks up in in your thirties because you know, the, the time clock clock
1: ticking. (laughs) Yeah, Totally.
0: So, so, yeah, there is, and I work with this with my, um,
1: with my clients, that there's a grieving process uh, before you give birth. Um, as you get closer to birth, and I was experiencing it myself, and then especially after giving birth, you grieve a part of you dying. And that is your freedom. That is your, you know, independence. That is your, uh, like, I'll just pick up and leave and go and no one will, you know, it will not really matter to anyone. I mean, it will, but, like, you're not hurting anyone by leaving but when you have children, not possible, you know, in 20 years or so when they're, of course, you know, independent and they leave you, then you can sort of reinvigorate parts of you that have been set aside. And I think that that shift of focus and the the, emergent, the emergence of parts of you that have not been able to like come out and direct your life when they emerge and other parts of you die or have to step aside that is such an internal conflict that for some people me hello is can be really painful and challenging
0: yeah i can imagine i just i remember being pregnant with my first i was like well at least i'll be 40 years old when he graduates high school (laughs) Yeah, yeah i'll i'll get young again in my
1: 50s and like go to vegas and like take lots of drugs and like you know be young again
0: i bet you will i'll see you there okay great (laughs) tentative plans all right (laughs) awesome well thank you so much for sharing is there anything else you want to share before we wrap up um i think just
1: that i want people to listen to this to feel like everything you've been told about, you know, being sexual and a woman and a mother has been a lie and uh, or some some distorted way of trying to keep you safe um, from being, you know, judged or left or considered a bad mother and all of that. And what I really want you to take away from this conversation is my deep embodied belief and experience that being sexual and being in pleasure and prioritizing your pleasure and your orgasms that makes you a better human. It makes you a better mother. It makes you a better partner and it will, it's the medicine. It truly is the medicine to, to just stay sane and cope through like and handle the the great responsibility that motherhood is. Um, and it will also, um, it will also keep you from becoming a Bitter bitch. Oh, you're welcome.
0: <laughs> Don't be a bitter bitch, girl. <laughs> there's good bitch and there's
1: bitter bitch. You can be a good bitch. I love good bitches. I'm a good bitch. I'm a horny bitch. You know, I can say bitch as a, t- a term of endearment and a compliment. That is, bitch means that you're a woman that doesn't do what men or society tells you to do. A bitter bitch is an underfucked. Um, bad. <laughs> yeah
0: awesome beautiful okay well where can we find you and do you have any freebies that you'd like to tell people about that they can get from you
1: yeah you can find me on instagram i have a very juicy beautiful central instagram account that i actually created to be of sensual inspiration to myself to ignite my senses so i feel excited about having sex so <laughs> there's that um You can also connect with me and sign up for my newsletter. It's also a very sensual and poetic experience once a week. Um, I hold a free dance party for women once a month. So if you feel like you're understimulated, bored, feeling lonely, and just like there's nowhere to go to have fun because A, it's the pandemic, and B, you're a mother and there's like nowhere to go for someone in their 30s, 40s, or 50s to have a really good time then my monthly dance party is for you so you can sign up to that via my um, Instagram profile or my newsletter um, and I would love to have some fun with you and through that you can know me better and there are lots of freebies on the website
0: awesome okay and what is your Instagram handle it's Erica Elsborn and I'm sure you're going to yeah, of course I'll put it in the show notes, but if anybody's listening, they're like I'm oh, gonna go find it right now.
1: <laughs> Erica, I was born. Erica with a K because I'm Swedish and uh don't be don't be discouraged by me swearing and saying lots of provocative things. Um I'm really gentle and kind. <laughs> I believe that everyone has their own authentic flavor and expression of sexuality. So like, there's no right or wrong way to do it. If there's only your way to do it in whatever way
0: that feels good. You. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Well everybody go follow Erica and get on her newsletter and hopefully see you at a dance party. <laughs> Yay! All right. Thanks for being on dear.